What's up, guys, and welcome back to Paint Bravely, the podcast where you can find a little bit of encouragement, discover new ways to make your hobby more fun, and most importantly, learn to paint bravely. Now, this week, we're just going to have a little back and forth. We got a pretty fun topic today. Uh, going to see what Brent's drinking, of course, because that's become a thing. Uh, and, of course, on top of all that, Brent, what have you been up to since we last talked? I don't even know, Casey. I've been <laughs> in a weird time warp. Uh, things yeah. are happening, but uh, I don't know. I haven't been painting that much, but it, it seems like I've been doing hobby, but I haven't been, been getting stuff done, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've been in a weird time warp, but things are happening. I'm I'm fully vaccinated now, so I was able to go to Panda Express at the mall food court and, and hang out there. I was able to go... You know, just to, to all the local gas stations, just to hang out and see what kind of <laughs> spicy chili lemon chips they had. Just to and, hang out. And <laughs> uh, get the various off-brand gummy bears, gummy worms, gummy sharks. So, I've been busy. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if you need, like, a complete list of my activities, but I mean, stuff's happening here in Town. Generally, how we, how we run down the list is literally run down the list. But yeah, <laughs> you know, that's fine. I, I get where you're coming from. Uh, you know, it's been, it's been weird. Like, I, I, I definitely agree. Like, think it's, it's been getting warmer outside and things seem to be opening up and people are kind of like poking their heads outside and just things are happening and they're happening quickly. Yeah. So I, I get you. No, I get you. <laughs> Yeah, so you know, games are starting to be a possibility again. I keep uh, kind of refreshing the website for my local game store to see if they're gonna be changing policies anytime soon, or you know, opening up for games again. And soon, soon. Yeah, actually, I I just I have a story, but um, I just went to a local hobby shop, and they were setting up for the first time since lockdown for a game night. Like, uh, I think it was Kings of War. Just like a, a big Kings of War night they were doing. So, yeah, pretty rad. And and it felt weird because <laughs> they're kind of like, yeah, is there anything I can help you with? We're really busy. Like, you are? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> like, yeah, people are coming. They're coming. Like, That's awesome. It's yeah. It's a problem you want to have. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I almost wanted to stick around, but I don't play Kings of War, so... <laughs> It was kind of like, yeah, I'll I'll come back later. <laughs> I've actually got a pile of Kings of War uh, on my desk right now, and really? just out of reach, I have some Kings of War boxes. So just out of re- of course, save Perfect those boxes timing. to show on the camera. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll get them later. I have to like run off to uh, yeah. admonish a cat or something. I'll yeah, I'll grab the boxes maybe. then. To show yeah. people that I really did have Kings of War boxes just off camera. I mean, I believe you. <laughs> yeah. So for those of you listening at home, Kings of War is by Mantic, I believe. And it is... So. Or Warlord Games. What are the, I think it's Mantic. Now that, now that you said it, it now I'm it, confused, but I'm pretty sure it's the first one. Oh, yeah. The more we talk around this in circles, the more confused <laughs> we'll get. So it's, it's either Mantic or Warlord. Pretty sure it's Mantic. And they... Uh, yeah, it's 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 a plastic game, you know, made out of polystyrene, same stuff as as GW models, and they it's a square based game, rank and file, kind it of a, an alternative to to Warhammer Fantasy. So yeah, it was 
wonderful. Check, yeah, it is. <laughs> Got it. Wonderful. They have some really cool models. Uh, they do. And I, their system is is nice too. They have that like multi basing. That mm-hmm. it's like here's your flank right here, and it's all on the one big base. It sounds pretty cool. Still haven't tried it. Yeah, you know, Luke Geek Gaming is has done some really great multi basing <laughs> things where you know instead of having. 20 troops of four ranks with a you know five across you can just have a a base that's that size and have i don't know somewhere between 10 10 and 20 troops on there but have a lot of other details on that base too and so luke was putting like sweet uh, little streams and stuff running through the the bases and instead of instead of a you know a one by one inch square like area <laughs> yeah. to do something fun with the base you all of a sudden have you know four by five or five by five or something you can actually have some features on the base and and make it uh, mm-hmm. something special so you know something i'm actually kind of looking forward to with the uh, revitalization of the old world you know that's coming back so supposedly in somewhat of a similar incarnation as it was you know when it left but um, something that I missed out on personally were movement trays, the the nice square movement trays, um, and I always I always got jealous seeing really nice rank and file units where the movement tray had like the flocking on the edge, so it looked seamless, like they were actually standing on a piece of the battlefield. So I'm looking forward to seeing more of that. Yeah, if you don't know what a movement tray is. <laughs> This is this is what things used to be put on models in on square bases, and they were on a larger square base so that you could move them easier. I also find it ironic that movement trays are totally a thing for round bases that people were like they finally gave in, you know, for Age of Sigmar. They're like, yeah, we still need them. Yeah, the yeah. those ones are normally like a group of five models can can move around together or something like that, and. I imagine that is faster to move your troops around the battlefield. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, the uh the squares are nice because you can fit so many models into such a small area, which is which is good and bad, but if you if you take your time to paint up your 20 goblins really well and and then you put them on the battlefield and they're this tiny little square and you need to go paint a lot more batches of 20 <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> but, but it's still it's still a nice feeling to you know all of this hobby when you have like a mini that you know that you've put hours and hours into and it's this tiny little thing that represents so much to you and looks so cool that's awesome but with square bases you you, you just kind of multiply that because you have this this now little rectangle that's 20 times as many hours and, and 20 times as much uh, of your life in, right. invested in that, that little space so yeah man uh, yeah it, it it's so much smaller looking that way it, it, it is. is ridiculous like you, i see a lot of auctions on ebay that are like oh here's a full army and i'm looking at it like that's not a full army there's not enough and it's like no there there are like 80 guys on those two trays <laughs> like it's definitely a full army <laughs> like just the regular yeah. troops yes uh, the scale is a bit different than these days. I mean, that was always harsh for, as like a middle schooler and high schooler with the available funds and yeah, yeah, and you know the sort of minimum unit size was often twenty figures, mm. and they they come in two man blisters, 
and get your two orc biggins and in oh, pewter man. and then that that cost your your week's allowance or whatever or or a substantial portion of that lawn you just mowed and now you're uh tenth of the way towards getting a minimum unit size (laughs) Uh, yeah i I tend to try and shoot for uh small model count armies mm -hmm, personally mm -hmm. because of that and maybe it's i'm just still stuck in that like feeling but it's definitely a thing like it was tough to get full units and and have all this stuff i have like uh, i have a nice like old school eldar army and almost all of my units are like five guys and that's it sure. but i have a whole bunch of them i've got something from each thing and it's like well the absolute minimum is five so i have a whole bunch of random stuff in fives <laughs> well for circle based games five looks okay they spread out a little bit and they can yeah. you know take up a, a piece of terrain or a hill pretty well mm-hmm. but when you got squares just a, a, a literal like one-dimensional line of of uh, that's five inches long <laughs> yeah. not doing a whole lot it's for you you, you gotta go buy some more impressive. goblins such is life yeah but the the kings true. of war model so i've i've got a whole bunch of skeletons here and that box of plastic i can't remember what i paid for it but it was a, a unit of skeletons is a 40 skeleton box mm-hmm. so I think they might have also had a 20 option but the the packaging was here's a unit of skeletons a unit is 40 skeletons you're gonna need these you you might <laughs> yeah. want to just uh buy a couple boxes while you're at it. right they just uh, pre-package them in in twos for you yeah yeah not not a blister of two metal skeletons or or sometimes three metal skeletons it's uh right an appropriate <sighs> sized uh a block you know so yeah I mean, even like twenty skeletons looks pretty impressive. Yeah, so forty in a box, yes, please. Yes, <laughs> that's yes. so much work. <laughs> well, that's as I'm recording this. This is my upcoming project, and mm. hopefully, I've I've got some progress to show by the time this releases. But who knows? I mean, if you if you take a whole month, I think I think after twenty eight, so or you know. <laughs> Whatever days you you got some, I I believe in you. Should be all right. Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, we'll check back at the end of summer, and I'll let you know how my <laughs> Kings of War skeletons are going. <laughs> I've painted five. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know you've been doing really well with the uh, the army projects you're working on. You've got your... yeah, yeah. It's it's coming along pretty well, actually. Uh, been working on a Death Guard army that it's mostly from eBay. I did buy. Some new models, you know, don't, uh, don't kill me over that, but you know, got to fill out an army somehow. Um, yeah, I've, uh, I've gotten to the point where they're like all half painted. So I laid down the nice base coats and then I got the chipping medium on and I put on their like, uh, overcoat, I guess. And I chipped all the models and they look really cool. So yeah, it's coming, it's coming together. And uh, this week I'm doing some like super quick, like 15 minutes a piece pox walkers with uh, contrast paints, trying to make contrast paints look like not contrast paints. (laughs) So I think, I think they turned out pretty good. That's the video for next week. I actually, uh, I kind of split my, my stuff up this week. Um, 
like a painted pox walkers. And then I was like, well, that's, that's really not enough to make a video out of. So then I decided to go and visit all of the local hobby shops in my town in one day. <laughs> to get more pox walkers? No, I have, I have like 40 pox walkers. I don't need more. Um, no, I actually, I was looking for some death guard models that I didn't have. Cause I was thinking like, well, I have, I have all these models and technically I have a full army. It's over 2000 points. But then I, I was thinking like, well, yeah, I, I don't really have any options. You know, it's kind of just straightforward. Right. So I started thinking, well, maybe if I got some of this other stuff and kind of fill it out a little bit. And then, you know, I think we, we all do that for our armies. We think, well, maybe, maybe this option Maybe I might end up taking this other option another time because tactically that would be the uh, the correct move, even though it literally will never probably matter for most of us. <laughs> well, like, you, you can do it for painting <laughs> excuses also. Make the, make the painting oh, yeah. excuse instead of the tactical excuse. Yeah. I'm going to paint Nurgle mm-hmm. and slightly different than the last guy or you just want to get out of the house and go to five different game stores that's that's an excuse that's, too that's pretty that's much what right. happened yeah that's mm-hmm. exactly what happened mm-hmm. uh kid went to sleep i hopped in my my sweet party van i did a lot of filming from inside the van so you get to see the inside of my van <laughs> uh i know a lot of people were very excited about that when i said that so you know um yeah i i drove to i have four shops in my town actually which is is pretty nice uh, for the size of town that I'm in. Um, And I got to say that only one of the stores was an actual disappointment, and it's probably the nicest store out of the bunch, but there's reasons for that. Like, customer service was crap, but... um, So it's physically nice? It's the nicest store with terrible customer service. I mean, what else do they have? Well, so, okay... Okay, so there are a couple of shops that are like, they're pretty small, you know, they're just hobby shops, but they have a lot of Warhammer stuff, but they're like a, a comic book shop, you know, also. Um, there's one game store in town that has always been kind of the Friday night magic place for all the people who are, you know, trying in this town. Um, and they just last year, right before COVID, opened a gaming hall like a very large gaming hall so that they could run like, uh, what is it? Uh, GQs and stuff, whatever, you know, the, the magic qualifiers. Sure. Get the rankings, get the stats, get the, yeah. yeah, Regional, uh, certification. Exactly. And I mean, it's a super, super nice gaming hall. Uh, like they've got like tabards on the walls and it's painted nice and they have big tables all throughout the whole thing. Um, they started getting into tabletop games like Warhammer. They started buying Warhammer stuff because of the size. Um, but like they've always been the, the worst gaming store in town. Like nobody cares. Like unless you're there to play magic, they don't care what you're there for. Hmm. And like they sell all sorts of stuff. So I don't know what the, the, the deal is, but it, ever since I was younger, it was like that. And it was the only store that I went into um, over that day where literally not one employee even came up to me and asked me what I was doing. And I was like looking through their stock for a while. So, yeah, 
Uh, on the other hand, I went to a, a Warhammer store and the manager at the Warhammer store like asked me what I was looking for, did a bunch of stuff to try and help me find those things, including calling other local hobby shops to see if they had that stuff. Huh. Yeah. And that's in, in that it, it's like, it doesn't match up, right? The corporate games workshop store shouldn't care more about my hobby than the the hobby shop that has stuff for me to buy there. Like I'm willing to spend money. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty interesting, but that, I made a whole video about it. Um, there's a lot of driving sequences, a lot of drone shots and aerial footage of me driving around. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's an interesting like uh, a vlog. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Should, should be up by the time this yeah, it's up. It went up yesterday. All this right. podcast goes live, so yeah, it's good stuff. Very good. I haven't been back to my my local GW shop for a little while, but but maybe I will soon. Uh, you should. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, part of the the Nova Open Charitable Foundation Army Painting Crew again. We've got a corn army this time, and so oh. as uh, as part of the standardization process, I've got a list of, of Games Workshop paints that, of course, I don't own. So I need, like, <laughs> Corn Berserker Red and Balthazar you, you Gold. Have corn and, Red? You know, Come on. All that, all that garbage. But I uh, I need to take the time and do a comparison chart and see if I can get away with just buying, like, one red or, or something like um, that. For, for Corn Red, Vallejo's, uh, holy crap, is it Blood Red? Gory Red. Okay. It's very, very similar. Um, because of yeah, course I'll take a I look ran at the out charts of corn and... red, <laughs> doing my corn army. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to invoke your internal comparison chart and and do the conversions. And, <laughs> it just happens. <laughs> I'm I'm happy to do my own conversions, but I appreciate the effort, Casey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I figure that once I finally do sit down and and go through the list of of standardized colors, that there there will probably be like one or two that I feel I need to go out and get and. Head on over to the GW store, see if yeah, see how they're doing today. <laughs> yeah. Well, if anything, corn red is a really good color, so you know. Okay. Couldn't couldn't hurt. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Go out and get your seven dollar bottle of corn red that comes in the uh, the flippy top bottle. Yeah. Yeah, the flippy top that I transferred. Of course you did. Yeah, it's a really good paint. Once you uh, thin it down and put it into dropper bottles, that's right. Oh man, right. so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, so speaking of dropper bottles, I I got to do a cameo on Ninjon's channel. So he he did a video where he was taking old GW paints and revitalizing them, and uh, you know he asked if I could do just a little segment for his intro, and so. I got out all my old GW paints of the same vintage that John was working with. I got mm. out all my my media and thinners. I got out like actual good mixing devices, ultrasonicator, paint shaker, vortexer. I got out my hematite beads. I got out my BBs. I got out just all the stuff that John used to revitalize his paints. And I did yeah, yeah. a nice little intro for him. And then that... Uh, that guy, you know, I don't want to call him any names here because 
got an informal working relationship, but that guy, he gets his okay. he gets his little editing program out, and he and he cuts all Brent into uh, like point six second fragments, and makes me look like an insane man. Uh, insane, I tell you. Uh, I mean, I mean to to be to be fair, mm-hmm. to be honest, both Scott and John think you are insane. Okay. Okay. All right. So he was just leaning into that, huh? Oh, I mean, 100%. I guess I, I did provide him yeah. the ammunition to clip out little things like cell phone radiation and chemtrails. <laughs> but still, you take that out of context, it sounds absolutely bonkers. You, but right, but right. in context, sounds like you're maybe insane. it made yeah. sense. I thought it made sense. <laughs> That's what they all say. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I also haven't seen this video yet, right. so I I might have to take a look to see how insane they made you look. I mean, I may be overreaching a little, <laughs> saying no, it's fine, but you know, no, I was I was the villain in this video. I tell you that, I mm. tell you that, I was the okay. the madman, the madman. Yeah, maybe yeah. I shouldn't have said uh, gamma radiation with a crazy look in my eye while looking into the camera. Maybe that was a mistake. <laughs> Uh, maybe you should <laughs> I, I at least should have had a kind of a second thoughts before i sent that off to a man with a platform but yeah what are you gonna do yeah what are you gonna do what are you gonna i do? mean worst comes to worst people think that you're crazy or mm-hmm. you know i mean there there are a handful of people that that think you're a serial killer too so i mean if you're gonna Pick and choose. I got a lot of those comments. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I did a cameo on Midwinter Minis <laughs> as well for Guy. And I was holding up Small little bags and talking about bodies. putting body parts in bags. And, <laughs> exactly. Man, the comment section took that the whole wrong way, too. So what are you going to do? Yeah. Exactly. It's, yeah, what not, it's whatever. It's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. It's all right. So, all right. Well, that's, that's what I've been up to. I, yeah, yeah. I've got more of those old GW paints than I have the new ones. That's for sure. Uh, that one collaboration you and I did way back when—you made me get some Incubi Darkness, which I don't regret. That's a good color. I'm, oh, dude, I'm happy that's, with that. that's one of my favorites. Yeah, I think I got the old Cabalite uh, and Sybarite green while I was at it. Why not, big spender? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I do not have that corn red. I'm not okay, sure if I'm then, ready. Uh, I mean, when when you started painting again, or I guess, the, yeah, the last time that you started getting into it, did you not just buy GW paints, or did you just buy, like, the Army Painter set? Yeah, I bought the mega set of Army Painter okay. that's behind me, and uh, okay. I ordered it online, and it, it came in the mail, and so that's 126 paints or something like sure, that, sure. including a bunch of washes and technical paints. And, of course, Army Painter has that thing where they, they separate out, yeah, yeah, the 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 pigment separates from the medium really easily, and so when that came fresh out of the mail, and I started to drop out <laughs> stuff and just it's clear just liquid goo. was coming out of those yeah. vials, and I spent like a couple hundred bucks on that set, I oh, was uh, I almost lost it. Like I, <laughs> oh, I bet yeah, maybe that's the moment I snapped. I don't know, but I that, I did I find see. that you can yeah. you can shake those up and make them work decent, but yeah, yeah. I mean, if you have a Vortexer, like, that's... That's why that's I bought a Vortexer. A yeah. 
<laughs> so so hang on hang on let's let's it's gonna back up for a sec yeah now stay with me how much was the paint set i think it might have been 300 I think 300 bucks 300 okay and, and yeah. granted there are a ton of paints in that yeah okay so you're probably always going to be ahead of whatever gw prices are with that amount of paint mm-hmm. then you also how much was the vortexer uh maybe like 120 or so okay so I'm, I'm, i am well okay with that purchase though it's like oh, a sure. piece I mean, of scientific a, equipment with a yeah, sweet yeah. repaint on it like it's a it's the hot rod of of scientific <laughs> vortexers it's for uh, sure Oh, and I was trying to remember the the actual company and and model name of that, but it's like a, a classic model of Vortexer that's been in lab since the 1980s, and, and nice. the guy at Typhoon paint mixers or or whatever, right? Just, like the the dude refurbishing them and stuff. Ah, uh, I love it. I love <laughs> it. Yeah, I still I still haven't taken the plunge on one of those, and I've been meaning to forever. You know, it's it's coming. I'll get there. My point yeah. was though. You know, for for taking us back a little, was that spending three hundred dollars on a paint set and getting a vortexer, mm-hmm. like the GW? It's like the same price. Like it, it kind of comes out in a wash, right? My only regret is not getting Vallejo, uh, <laughs> Vallejo and a vortexer. <laughs> Good point. Okay, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I mean that's a different story. So. Uh, I did got the one like kid. over the, the next year or so past that, eventually I got an airbrush and eventually then I started looking at the, the Vallejo airbrush paints. Sure. And I bought, uh, like a 72 paint set from Vallejo really? and the, of, of model air. Yeah. yeah model sure. air that line. And I did not realize Vallejo has game air or, or Vallejo has their game color. Vallejo has their model color, game yeah. air, model color, game air, model air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the the model color or model air line is for uh, people who paint German tanks and Russian tanks and Irish tanks and uh, <laughs> North African tanks. Uh, Country but, tanks, yes. From from 1941 through 43, but 44 is a different color. And, uh, right. Of course. Yeah. And so anyway, I spent, I, I want to say it was like $200 on this set of 72 paints from Vallejo Model Air. And, I mean, okay, Model Air, sure. And and I'm so excited. I'm like, all right, I'm finally going to have like a good airbrush teal. I'm going to have a good airbrush <laughs> orange. I open it up. It's like 20 grays, yes. 20 greens, yes. 25 browns, and like blue, yellow, red. <laughs> <laughs> and that was another bad oh. day. So uh kept Man. saving up my hobby box. And eventually I did buy the, the model air set. And, and and in that one, there was probably like 20 colors I actually like, but yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, that's, that's the thing. We, we all wind up with these collections of things that are maybe not the best, but as we go, we, we slowly find things that we like. And in, in all of those purchases, I, I really like that Vortexer. I gotta tell yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And strong tone, vortexer, and, and a strong yeah, and tone. Strong tone, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gotta, gotta love that strong tone. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, just because we're on the game Air Model Air, uh, burnt umber from Model Air 
is is amazing. Okay, it's really good stuff. Um, well, I'll, I'll check out. I I did my organization system with plastic bags, and so I've got just a plastic <laughs> bag of model air. Like I think I there actually divided them into. This is all the stupid browns. This is all the stupid like, <laughs> greens. Yeah. Not even like greens. This is all way. of the all of greens. So there's like greens. twenty of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> olive drab, there, olive yeah, garb, yes. dirty yeah. olive, <laughs> olive khaki. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, they're so the the model air stuff feels a little bit more like pigmented, works a little bit better. Whereas the game air stuff is super hit and miss for me. Um mm. Yeah, like it some of it works um and some of it doesn't. Like you have to go super opaque to get the color that's in the bottle. Mm-hmm. And out of an airbrush, you're literally not going opaque almost ever. You know, sure. unless you're really being heavy handed about it or you do a thousand layers. So it's kind of, eh, I don't know. Hey, live and learn. Yeah. Live and learn. <laughs> yeah. I I don't think there is actually like a straight up airbrush line of paints that was like designed for the airbrush that all work great. You know, I don't think I've sure. found that yet. Well, no, as as I've gotten to learn more and more about paints, uh, the the episode I did on paint pigments, the you know, the science of paint pigments, that one I actually learned a lot from. And yeah. I mean, when it comes right down to it, some colors you can get pigments that have good opacity and and good coverage and you know, put down a, a layer of that's that's vibrant really quickly or mm-hmm. you know, with just a couple layers make it look good. Um, and for some pigments, that's just not an option. Yeah. You know, the yellow has a reputation of, of going on really transparent. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of that's just because of what pigments are, are available for yellow. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're all pretty transparent. And whereas like, um, titanium white actually has really good opacity. Carbon black has pretty good opacity. Uh, and Oh, there, there's some blues, some greens that have good opacity, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, and so when you get to the point of really thinning down a paint to, to put it through an airbrush, some of them are going to be quite transparent and that's just the way it goes. And in that case, I like, I like putting inks through the airbrush better anyway. So. I was, I was just about to say, segue oh, yeah. into awesome hot tip. The way to get around that issue is inks. <laughs> Yeah, inks pretty much make up for those difficulty issues, like uh, those areas, right? Those specific colors, like yellow in particular, like, oh man, yellow is such a pain. Well, okay, paint it white and then get the best yellow and paint that over and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No worries. That's the way. So, uh, yeah, the, the summation of this side story here is that I have a lot of airbrush paints and I only use Steinelbrez primer plus inks. Like that's, that's what, right. Like I, that's, that's seriously what happened. I have uh, 144 airbrush paints that uh, I think I used all the yellow on those goblins a couple of years ago. And that's yeah. like all I've used. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, live and learn, like I say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what else is new with you? Oh man. Uh I just got in the mail um all the battle foam 
for my Curse City box. Mm. So I decided, you know, I wanted to I wanted to do it up nice, you know, because I, I do, like I said, plan on playing this game. That also being said, I've only assembled two models from that box. But hey, it's a start. Um, I, I want to get everything into a nice place because I find that having a, an organized board game um, makes me actually want to play it more because it's like I know where everything is. I can just pull it right out. Everything has its place, right? Uh, and Battle Foam, not that this is sponsored or they're sponsoring any of my upcoming videos, although they should. Eh. Light touch, Casey. Light touch. Eh. Yeah. Um, yeah, like they, they uh, for, for it's like 30 bucks, fits in the actual game box and it holds all of the stuff. Are there yeah. cutouts for each model? Or yeah, for every single model has okay. their like a they're, custom they're tailored, cutout. tailored, unique shaped cutouts. Yes. Or actually, I'm just gonna stretch. Okay, you do that. Here. Yeah, that sounds that sounds pretty cool. Of course, uh, if yeah. you put I, that in the box, there's not your room for your your chits and stuff, is there? Or oh, is yeah. there everything? Oh my goodness! Everything fits in the box. That does not compute, but that's awesome. So this is this is actually the the top. Of the box. Uh, uh -huh. I just threw these in because I haven't... The, all the sprues are still in the other box. I haven't put the models together. But you can see, like, all the cutouts, the dice mm -hmm. fit, all the cards fit in their own little spot. This is like 30... I think, I think the invoice is like $36 total. Nice. And it fits in the original box. So, yeah, like, that's, that's something that I've been wanting to do for a lot of my board games. And I decided to take the plunge uh, on this one just because. I don't know. I just saw it and it was like 30 bucks. So I bought it. <laughs> That's actually but, a really nice luxury. If we're, if yeah. we're going to do like a, like a Christmas shopping episode again this year yeah, yeah, and yeah. we like put it out sufficiently before the holidays, before, yeah. I, I think we should put the list of, you know, custom foam or custom, you know, board game organizers on that list. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, like I, I was perusing their website after the fact. Right. And like looking up other board games and I was surprised that they had a lot of games that I have. And I'm just like, man, I mm. could really use some of this stuff. Mm. Uh, editor, editor, Matt, when uh, him and I first started playing age of Sigmar, we both bought the start collecting boxes or the not start collecting. It was before they even existed. The starter box for age of Sigmar, the first one, uh, oh, yeah. it, like Matt is the kind of person that's like, no, I, I'm going to have all the models and they're going to be perfect. And they're going to be painted, and then they're all going to be in individually custom laser etched foam, <laughs> you know? So he's got the whole, like, starter box in battle foam like this. That was, like, first thing. Um, yeah, I just thought it was interesting. And I, I don't know why I haven't, like, looked into it since then. That was five years ago. But uh, this popped up somewhere on one of my feeds, and I was like, oh, yeah, like, I'm definitely going to look into this. So I, don't know, I got it today in the mail, so I'm kind of excited about it. But it's pretty sweet. Yeah, I actually think Editor Matt is a really cool guy. And I would never do anything to disparage any of his interests or no. uh, ticks. Yeah. What? Why would yeah. you say that? I no, 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 no. I just oh. I need to reaffirm that sometimes. That uh, because you don't know what he's yeah, typing. I would, on, I would never screen. play a cruel trick on editor Matt. That's that's all I'm saying. Never. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no the the, the like custom organization 
man, that that's got to really scratch an itch. That's got to be so satisfying. Like the everything having its place, that sparks joy. Yeah. That's a that's a really nice thing. Yeah, I mean, even just looking at the foam, it's like, yeah, that's gonna feel pretty good. You know, putting every piece away. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's actually motivational too, because right now you have two. What do you say? You have two assembled but unpainted minis that you've kind of. They're, they're sitting in their foam right now, though, right? They're not, because I, I literally like. I'm not even kidding. Like, literally, just put this in, like an hour ago. Okay. Like the box okay. has been on my porch all day. And mm. I finally was like, oh yeah, I got, I got a package <laughs> and I went to go I get it. I should see the sun today. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I gotcha. <laughs> so yeah, it's, 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 it's right there. Uh, the two models I have assembled are they're like, they're put together. The mold lines have been cleaned off. I put sand around the base, uh, and then I primed them black. So they're primed, right? They're like based and primed. Um, Everything that I'm going to do with them, I don't know, it depends. Like, I've been thinking about, you know, taking advantage of this this vlog-style video that I've been doing lately and going, okay, well, maybe maybe I can paint Curse City in, like, a day. And and by that, I mean, like, some kind of hyper-stylized, like, how people have been doing the box art, where it's, like, OSL from a side, like, that red, harsh lighting, you know? Oh, yeah, just, Something just paint them cool like stone. Like paint them like stone and I put mean, some moss on that. there. yeah. yeah. Totally yeah. could do that. Yeah, um, no, uh, uh, Broadsword Wargaming, they, they tried to paint that in a day. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Ollie has a helper, and uh, the two of them okay, combined yeah. did, uh, did not get it done. They did not. Yeah. Well, challenge accepted. Yeah. <laughs> I probably won't get it done either. <laughs> but, uh, no, I'm thinking about that. The the foam with the cutouts where each mini has its place, that's reminding me of, of some games of old with uh kind of like achievements or, or like Zelda when you when you get the different sure, uh, sure, keys that, like, and like rubies and, uh -huh. and triforce icons <sighs> and 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 yeah, there's there's like the page of of items yes. that you're supposed to collect and there's like the the cutouts for for where you're yeah, man, I'm forgetting everything. But you, you got your little cutout for your. For so your you, you, got, you got all like the, uh, the the crystals or the, what is it like, the, like the the temples. They each had like, they had a thing. It was like a water temple. It had was like it a, a blue key or, or crystalline. <laughs> man, it's been I don't know, so but long. there was there was definitely a page <laughs> in the menu where you could kind of see your progression through the game, and there were these cutouts of like badges or keys or something that you needed yeah, to yeah. collect. Yeah. And and every time you finished a mission, you like, doo -doo 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 -doo, and, and then uh -huh. like the item dropped into its socket. That's yes. basically what you have in your cursed city box right now. Yeah, you've got like, and man, the the feeling of putting a completed mini in in the socket that is that is perfectly carved yes. for it. I'm, yeah, I'm that's, excited. I'm that's excited one to way to that. live a life, right there. Yeah the the sense of <laughs> the sense of accomplishment that comes with socketing all that minis into their into their right. battle foam. Hmm. You know, something that always bothered me with the Ocarina of Time, though, is that 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 Triforce slot you can't fill. And I remember back in the early days of the internet, you know, fifty six k forums with minimal imagery um 
there were like rumors that you could get the Triforce in Ocarina of Time and it would fit in that slot. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's ever been proven. I haven't looked into it as as an adult, <laughs> but like that that was always the the thing with that, like what you're talking about. It's like here's everything filled out, everything in the game except for the Triforce is not there. Right now, of course, yeah. uh, if if you're not getting these Legends of Zelda uh, references, we could go back to uh, Tie Fighter or X Wing or X Wing versus Tie Fighter. And there you go to your, your campaign medals and those fill in on the page. Uh, yes, they do. <laughs> you DOS people know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, it, if you were going to make a reference, like it should have been not older than Ocarina of Time. Okay, I, I made a I made a Wayne's World reference in a video a couple months ago or something. And like I finally got a comment about it. And they're like, dude sweet wayne's world reference nobody else literally no one else 400 comments on that video nothing one huh. person and i'm thinking like i'm i'm too old like people don't get a wayne's world reference anymore yeah i mean i think the the target demographic for for a lot of at least warhammer stuff is is 18 to 34 males and uh yeah and they haven't all seen wayne's world that's the thing that that's a huge bummer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Haven't all played Ocarina of Time. Yeah, haven't all played or, TIE Fighter as it was meant yeah, to be. Yeah, know, know what DOS is. Right. Don't right. know what a command prompt is. No. That's fine. No. I, I feel like most games now have achievement pages, though. And oh, they do. Yeah, they do. <laughs> a lot of them probably have the silhouettes of the achievements you're supposed to get, and then you, you lock them into place, and... Get a little yeah. little musical sting, right? You should you should actually do that. You should uh, get some sort of Pavlovian response, like a like, <laughs> like a like a reward system for yourself, where every time oh. you put in a, a painted mini into the into the foam, you get oh uh, man, like the the theme song for Paint Bravely starts playing, and yeah, that's that's a really interesting. I wonder if uh, that would be a fun experiment to see, like. <laughs> Is that is that going to be motivating or somehow demoralizing? I don't know which. <laughs> like something That's bad's going to happen. Idea. Maybe um, there's got to be a simple app on your phone where you just press a button and it plays like a five second uh, like reward song sort of thing. Right. Yeah. And so so every time you you do something good and you you complete a task, you play that for yourself. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be the yeah. the opening the if you know going back to the uh, Ocarina of Time, it's the opening of a treasure chest. <laughs> that whole, <laughs> whole sequence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 <laughs> oh my god. So, uh, so I did my taxes, and uh, oh boy, look the all I wanted to do here just brag about I was able to write off some props, hey. colon plastic models. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, that's uh, that's a that's a little <laughs> yes, achievement for myself. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it is. Have you ever filed as a like an entrepreneur? Um, you know, I don't, I don't even know the the specifics of how I filed. I was I was just whipping through TurboTax like pretty fast. Oh, yeah. Um, I I think I was well within bounds. I think I was pretty conservative on the uh the claims I was making. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, it, it may say, it may sound wild to say that I claimed uh, Warhammer miniatures on my tax returns, but I think it was actually well within bounds. But mm -hmm. that seems like a slippery slope. Like, I can it's see not... myself, like, escalating <laughs> the, uh... <laughs> you know, uh, last year when I filed, because uh, I haven't filed this year, because we usually offset ours because we mm -hmm. you know own a, a business anyway so whole other thing but um last year when i filed i wrote off every single thing i bought on ebay mm -hmm. yep all the models all of it man yeah what a what a time to be alive like, i know what a, right what a life achievement uh, <laughs> yeah. it feels good it felt good at the time i was like we can actually do this, right? Yes, we can mm -hmm. actually do this. Okay, because I'm going to start adding it up. <laughs> it wasn't $200 like I said it was. It was a lot more than that. The whole idea of, of submitting ridiculous things on official government forms tickles me. Uh, I mm. think I mentioned yeah. the time where I had to register my, my canoe to yes. like, the, the state. <laughs> Yes. And like they, they asked for a, a vessel name for my canoe and it was the oh, Viking Lincoln God. 420, which is a strong name. That's uh, a strong name for a canoe. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say that I also like changed it every couple of years. Like I feel like it might have been the Dragon Sex one year, which is also a strong name. That's very strong. Jeez. Yeah. I actually thought about uh, stenciling. I thought about stenciling Dragon Sex onto my canoe, but. I ended up like selling it back on Craigslist a few years later. That probably avoided like a kind of uh, awkward moment with a dad no. and his son. So, uh, okay, with dad and his son. I mean, either either avoiding awkward moment or you lost a thousand dollars because you didn't have the name on there. No, it, well, man, used canoes on Craigslist are wonderful. Like that that canoe I bought for five hundred on Craigslist. The guy delivered it right to to where I was, and then mm -hmm. like six or seven years later, I sold it for. I think four hundred, but if I yeah. if I had tried, I could have got five hundred for it. Probably, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, like uh, it's a rental fee; it's a hundred bucks. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he came and picked it up. So yeah, whatever. I bought a canoe for my wife for her birthday like ten years ago. Um, and I went to the dude's house, right? And he didn't even live that far away from me. Um, and I was like. I think he put it up on Craigslist for like three, 300 or 350 or something. I came, I was like, dude, I got 200 bucks cash. I'll, I'll literally like take it away. It's fine. I'll do, I'll do this right now. He's like, okay, let me think about it. Let me talk to my wife. He goes, talks to his wife. He like goes inside, whatever, a few minutes, comes back out. It's like, okay, we can do that. But um, you don't get any of the flotation devices or the oars. Mm hmm. Okay. So I bought it for 200 bucks and it's a sweet canoe. Well, I just thought it was funny. It's like, he's like denying me the oars for the canoe, you know, over a hundred bucks or whatever. I don't, I don't know. They were like cheap plastic oars. <laughs> well, it, in that case, that's kind of funny because then he's stuck with this stuff that he has no use for. Exactly. Yeah. He's getting rid of his only, and I knew it was his only canoe. He's like, I don't have room for this canoe <laughs> in my garage. And he's got these, these like flotation pillows and the oars that are sitting in the boat. And he's like, but you're not getting those. And I said, that's fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, good luck selling oars and flotation devices. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I do not enjoy the experience of in-person haggling for, for like Craigslist stuff. Really? I am. Okay. Uh, I've become very much of the opinion, like, if, uh, if you said you were interested and you drove out to come pick it up, 
uh, we've agreed on a price. Like the price was listed in the listing. If you have driven out there and and like if you're sure, here, sure. you've agreed on a price. Um, a little bit. A we're little bit. this is this is America. The prices are what they're listed as. Like you don't. That's yeah. literally the opposite. But okay. <laughs> like that. Isn't I, I, it America I know, to I know be like that is not the price. <laughs> I know the culture of Craigslist. I, I understand that, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Will you take 80 for it? Like, did I list it for 80? Like, I mean, I, I do feel like it you depends told me you on what drove it is. 40 minutes to be here. You're trying to, like, <laughs> like in that case, uh, like, yeah. Yeah. The posting was for $100. You drove 40 minutes to be here and you're trying to haggle down to 80? Like, get, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I think if it's, if it's one of those things where, you know, it's, I don't know. It's like, it seems fair. Cause like the dude had it at a yard sale, like the weekend before. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if you go to a yard sale, someone's going to try and be like, I'll give you a quarter for that $200 boat. I'm sure someone said that, you know, it's like, it's, it's part of the, part of the game. Uh, it, I don't know, like cars, boats, is. bigger items like that. Like if it's over a hundred bucks, I'll definitely try and haggle with somebody. You know, like I, I just got that, uh, um, that like bassinet thing for like $50 less because of that. It's like, no, it's not that price. It's this price. And they're like, okay, it's that price. <laughs> well, I'm not saying you're wrong, but, uh, oh, a I lot know. of times on Craigslist, you're never going to see that person again. And, exactly. <laughs> and okay. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, the, um, you know, one of the, the shows I like on YouTube is, is Linus text Linus Tech Tips has that uh, scavenger wars where they mm-hmm. build a PC off of, you know, Craigslist or, or whatever. And they oh, like finding parts and putting them. Yeah. So it's it's like a series of YouTube videos of where they spend three days tracking down computer parts and, and building the PC and that they they run some benchmarks or play some games or something and mm. see like which team of two scavengers can build the, the best PC from parts and I don't know whatever part of Canada those guys live in, but uh, it it the the sad part about the sh- that show is that it always comes down to uh, trying to drive really hard deals on Craigslist, <laughs> which I find I don't know I just find it to this be is who is better at it kind of thing, it, like the ugliest part of of human interaction, like. <laughs> It can be, yes. I mean, okay, like, I, I'm making myself sound like some hard-ass, you know, haggler, and I no, don't no, it, really we, go we, that, that hard on it. You play the it. game. Like, previously on this yeah. podcast, I've I've uh, sort of defended scalpers. Like, that's... that's oh, that uh, episode what, we absolutely yeah. did. People are pissed right. at that. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> that's um, fine. That's, that, that's part worse. of the game, and if you enjoy that part of the game, well, cool. I'm, I'm just like... <laughs> If someone comes to my house to pick up something because they said they wanted to buy a thing that I listed a price on, and then they say, hey, would you like to accept less money than we already agreed upon for this item that I've uh, mm-hmm. already driven all the way out here to get? Uh, when you say no. no. <laughs> I, I mean, if it's my if it's me selling something, then yeah, the answer is no. <laughs> yeah. Like, no. <laughs> it's what I said it was. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that scavenger wars—they're always like, "All right, uh, that's the guy we need to meet. He's got the—he's got the 16 gigabyte RAM stick, and uh, I think I can get it for for 20 bucks." Uh, he had it listed. Okay. He he said we were getting it for 30 bucks. I can get it for 20 bucks or whatever. Probably. Uh, and, uh, 
See, and that uh, that feels and I was like, like, oh no, that's yeah. that's the, <laughs> bu- the yeah, bullying a nerd into, into taking oh. less Canadian dollars for their for their computer parts. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, I feel you. Uh, what else? What else? We're we're almost through our updates here, so I've got I've got my almost, friend Gordon yeah. coming to visit the microphone, and so this is a good time to mention that. Now that I'm vaccinated, I made it back to my my co-working space. A couple miles away, there's a co-working space that I that I go to, and um, good good way to, to get out of the house and do some computer work. But they also have a, a little recording booth there, and so this week for the first time, I went in there. I took my microphone and just did a voiceover for one of my videos in there, and it's just a, a small little padded room, and yeah. with no cats. And I was able to get some pretty good audio, which actually matched surprisingly well with this audio, except less mm-hmm. cats and right, um, less outside garbage. Yeah, I was, I was kind of <laughs> worried that the sound would be entirely different because uh, they've actually got their own mixer there and stuff. And so, oh, you know, yeah, you never know with that for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I was, I was thinking I'd have to do all kinds of post processing or, or, right. or i don't even know the words for it i have to get some it's some pro fine. tools out and adjust some levels and, <laughs> i mean uh, as far as like most most of the sound is coming through your mic like preamps in the actual mixer might change it like if you if you have invested in good preamps or different preamps that that drive that sound but mm-hmm. for the most part like especially with the mics that we have you know, like the mic I'm using, the mic you're using aren't different. They used to be different in this podcast, but I bet you no one actually noticed. Listening. Right now, right now they are different because I forgot yes, to change. Yes, okay. All right. Yes. <laughs> I'm saying they're different microphones, but yeah. I bet you no one noticed. That's it, my point. It, it doesn't yeah. matter. Well, we have different voices too. It's the true. The 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 jarring thing is is when you go from like a talking head segment in a video to to a voiceover, and all of a sudden the sound is different because you're recording on a different day, you're a different distance away from the microphone, what have you. And I was worried that this was you know different different day, different location, different uh, electricals, you know. Right, and, yeah. Uh, different different room and all that stuff, but it actually worked out all right. So Sweet. Uh, all right. This is less important for everybody else, but for the the straight voiceover parts, there's going to be less random cat scratching and and purring <laughs> in the background. But on this podcast, it's going to be the same as it ever was. Perfect. Don't you worry about that. Don't don't change a thing. No, <laughs> I wouldn't wouldn't dream of it. You shouldn't. No. no. I mean, the more cats on this podcast the better it does obviously like sometimes that is the case (laughs) i just uh i just moved gordon out of the way i should have uh, held him in front of the camera for for a few moments there that would have been the better move exactly pull the thumbnail yeah (laughs) pull pull some sweet emotes later on yeah that's that's the thing i look forward to that we're I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should talk about that at some point. <laughs> I'll get the get the sweet Discord emotes out of out of weird faces and weird cat faces. But. Well, okay, I I have a confession slightly. The thumbnails uh are not the yeah, I guess the the YouTube thumbnails. Um yeah, I I'm, I'm designing them specifically so they can be ripped as yeah, that's that's my goal at this point. Like I, I have, I have no other reason. No other I forgive reason. you. Yeah. Thank you. 
It's just hilarious to see them floating all over Discord. Mm-hmm, pictures mm-hmm. pictures of, of Brent doing all sorts of things. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, what, else, what else do we got here? I was going to mention, just because you mentioned the microphone thing, I, I bought some new... Uh, I bought a new, like, uh, lav mic. I got the Rode. Ooh. Uh, I don't even know what they're called. They're, they're like the little squares uh, hmm. that that clip on, and they're wireless, and they it's just got a sweet mic, and it's got an output for a little lav mic that, that you want. And Like, I've been using that a lot lately, and been very happy with that. So Nice. Yeah. Well, you've been doing the the vlog style videos, and so you can like walk around a little bit more, and and yeah, you you've yeah. had some shots where you're like standing up various distances away from your hobby desk, and and still talking and sounding good. So yeah, which all is these new little for me. things that <laughs> that uh, yeah, I've got my, my here's my microphone. It's attached to my desk, and so I I am frequently at my desk and talking, but. Now right. I can also be uh, at the at the co working space and talking and so good going there going so there good. late late at night when there's fewer noises and yeah just heck yeah do those sweet voiceovers <laughs> just picking up a cat because you might as well pick up a cat if you cannot see this cat I would recommend heading to youtube.com slash paint bravely the podcast where you can also leave us comments like the video, that kind of thing, but also see wonderful cats on video because that's like 90% of this podcast or else I don't know what we're doing here. Yeah. And if you're tired of this cat, you can uh, download paint bravely the podcast onto your favorite podcasting app on your cell phone. Casey, you know with all this purring going on that you need to fill space because this cat is, is not going to shut up for like five minutes. Yeah. I, I think that's fine. All right. Well, I got I got a hot tip coming in hot. All right. Uh, so this week, uh, I thought I'd go a pretty straightforward, I, but I'm I'm thinking there's there's a lot of people don't really know about this, but it's how to make an oil wash uh, because something that... Have we that, not done this already? I don't think so. Or, or is this going to be like how to make a good oil wash? I mean, it's how to make an actual oil wash okay. i don't okay. know okay. like there there are ways to do it uh you like you can go buy uh like tamia panel liner and that works really well uh as kind of an oil wash but it's it's not really oil it's it's uh i mean it's oil based but it's enamel so it's a little bit different um to make oh my god <laughs> uh to make an actual oil wash you get yourself like a nice windsor newton color oil color you know you spend a good amount of money on that bottle like seven eight bucks because it's gonna last you your entirety in the hobby uh but higher quality is a little bit better the the pigments seem to stick together in the emulsion that we're going to talk about uh you also want to buy some odorless mineral spirits usually a small smallish bottle will cost you about five bucks so you're talking like 12 13 dollars for the whole thing and it's going to last you probably the entire time you're in the hobby you know um and what you basically do is you put a little dab of uh oil paint in a tray and then you pour in some mineral spirits and you start mixing you know and you and you kind of test how thick that is you want to make sure it's it's nice and and liquidy 
but you test it, um, check it to see, you know, how it flows. You don't want it to be too thick because you're really looking for some capillary action with that oil wash to get in those crevices and just kind of the, the oil wash just seeks out those crevices. You know, the surface tension is super low, so it just kind of rolls through those recesses. Uh, and that's that's essentially how you do it, those or odorless mineral spirits and a little dab of nice oil paints and get yourself an oil wash. You can do any color you want to, and it's really, really useful. Yeah. Yeah. So something that I, I need to test out on this is the difference between hardware uh, mineral spirits, odorless mineral spirits, and uh like, like artist artist grade yeah yeah uh feel like there might be a, a slight difference in the molecular weight or solubility or something because every time i do this i get weird sediments of of the pigments mm -hmm. in places where i did not put them and i'm not sure if i'm, I'm doing something wrong or i'm using the wrong paints or i'm using the wrong uh, mineral spirits. Did you say mineral oil or mineral spirits? Mineral, mineral spirits. spirits. Yeah. Okay. Mineral oil is different. Oh, oh, I know. Um, <laughs> no, I've I've got a, a funny story from from grad school where we had this one undergraduate. So I was a graduate student. There were, we had like undergraduate students working in the lab, and there was this one guy who, brilliant guy. He's going to go on to do great things, but he just kind of talks slow. And okay. we're always like, uh, okay, Zach, uh, hurry it up, hurry it up. Um, Poor Zach. And, and so he's like, come in and be like, so um, I'm heating up the, the oil bath to, to warm up the chemical. <laughs> and uh, and it, it, we always, terrible. like when he does this, because he starts every sentence with so. so and we're like, okay, is, is your lab partner breathing? Okay, just, just tell us like. <laughs> right, like, get to the like, important like, part first. Uh, if there's, <laughs> if someone needs to be resuscitated, please start with that. Like, yes. it, like you know, he comes in, he's like, okay, we need to. He he had to tell us something about what was going on in lab. He had a question about what was going on in lab. We needed like, okay, is your lab partner breathing? Okay, all right, what's going on, Zach? So I'm heating up the the mineral oil and um, it's mineral oil, right? Mineral oil. Yeah, cause it's smoking. And, uh, <laughs> uh, so so in the fume hoodie, he had the. The, the, it's, oh, it's like an electric resistor that heats up the oil and it's uh if you want to heat something up higher than what you can do with a water bath you, you use an oil bath because you can get up to you know 150 degrees celsius or something like sure, that and, sure. and heat it up at whatever temperature you want and and mineral oil uh has a very different uh <laughs> uh like ignition point than the, the mineral the, the spirit flash does. point is yeah. <laughs> much different <laughs> and, and so uh, it just took him forever to be like yeah I'm, I'm heating up mineral spirits to unreasonable temperatures <laughs> instead of mineral oil that... and we go up there and it was indeed smoking but i'm surprised um, it, it did not catch on fire like that's, that's a that's a different with, story yeah. i i uh caused far more accidents in that lab than <laughs> anyone like, else fine. did it's but... <laughs> <laughs> even better you can't even hold it to him you're just like it, it's fine just you're yeah, fine. <laughs> but, like i don't know we were talking about some other thing and in this undergrad's like so uh Possible heating up the mineral problem. oil uh 
Oh, oh okay actually I'm, I'm telling that wrong because like the we actually sent him away the, the first time he asked us that question we were like yeah zach it's fine it's fine it's fine go right because the, the so. i'm heat we're because because we he got to like i'm heating up the mineral and we're like yeah it's it's good yeah right, you heat up the mineral oil yeah. good 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 go go and uh <laughs> oh no <laughs> he'd, he'd, he'd poured uh, mineral spirits into the heating tank but no, I'm I'm quite well aware that mineral oil and mineral spirits are not the same thing, but it's mineral spirits that we use for uh for making making washes. That, that is correct, yes. Mineral because spirits. Because those will actually evaporate eventually. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that that mineral said, oil will, um, will just you'll have an oily mini for the rest of your life. <laughs> for, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That might take a minute. Uh I mean obviously that the oils do dry. That's the point of oil paints. They do dry eventually, right? Um, like an addendum hot tip if you are using oil paints to paint your minis grab a piece of cardboard and put your oil paints on the cardboard as your palette because the cardboard will suck up the mineral oils and uh, make your paints a little bit easier to work with and they will dry faster so you know just throwing that out there um but yeah, mineral spirits, definitely. And that's also the same stuff, obviously, that uh, after you let it sit for a few minutes, so like five, ten minutes, then you come back and you can clean off any mistakes. It's amazing. I love it. I don't know what I would do without oil washes, honestly. Like, I use them almost in every single project. Mm. Yeah. No, they uh, they clearly have have gained popularity in the last couple of years in our hobby. That's true. And maybe if I if I buy the the art mineral spirits instead of the hardware store mineral spirits, I, I, I want to mm. give that a try because I have tried using like you know more expensive oil paints that theoretically sure. have the finer pigment grain and all that stuff. Um, uh, it depends on the I color always, that you're buying too, though. It like probably if, even does, even but in it, the same color, like if you buy like oil black, like lamp black or carbon black, hmm. like they they're different enough. And I can't remember. Okay. One of them does the thing you're talking about. I think it's lamp black. Interesting. Like separates funny. So this this might have to be one of my my crazy experiments one of these days. Definitely. Just get a a bunch of test models and, and actually this this might be a good idea because yeah. I I've just been really frustrated with uh, I've I've had really frustrating experiences with oil washes where I put them on and the the like dark liquid goes deep into the cracks and looks amazing and then when it dries there's just this you know like this this high water mark of the pigment all dried in weird clumps not in the crevice like just outside of the crevice and interesting yeah yeah I've I think I've complained about it before but it's yeah, yeah. Uh, I I definitely spent several projects where i was trying to get oil washes down and and got some nice effects but also they did not look anywhere near as nice when they dried as when the, sure. the mineral spirits were wet and that was kind of frustrating for me and so i moved away and kept on using my strong tone as i'm as i like to do yeah i mean off the top of my my head i would say that you're probably just going too thin with it hmm uh, you just need to go a little bit. Th I mean, you got to go like pretty thick because like, you know, when you go back to clean it off, like you're taking away everything except for what's in those recesses. Right. Or that's mm -hmm. the idea. So like 
if it's thick, it's going to cover that area. Then once it's left behind, it's going to be a pretty strong line. On the other hand, you might try a panel liner like the Tamiya panel liner. You might actually like the way that acts better. Maybe I should. Maybe I should because I was using it more for like automatic panel lining, automatic black lining, essentially. Because it, when it's wet, it looks really good. Like you touch uh, the the tip of your of your oil wash into mm. one of those crevices, and, just, and it just fills up the fills up and moves around the elbow. And yeah, yeah you want to talk about to satisfying go. elements in this hobby? Like that is That's one of pretty, the most satisfying things. <laughs> it, it really is. But then when it dries, for me, like the, it's no longer in the crease. It's like <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just uh, spread out, funny on the shoulder, which band. is the opposite like, oh, okay. of satisfying. So. Yeah, <laughs> I'll figure it out though. I'll I'll commence the testing, and we'll get the we'll get the mineral spirits. We'll get Zach back out here to to run some <laughs> some more experiments so, for me. Uh... <laughs> no, yeah. he's a successful scientist now. We, oh, I'm he's, sure. I'm sure he's needed where he is, but yeah, doing some top secret something way more important than what we're whatever we're doing. Well, I don't think it's top secret. It's just I normally stopped listening to him after his his first couple of <laughs> so, and then I'd stop listening. Yeah. I don't so think it's, it's top secret. I think he's doing excellent work. It's top but, secret yeah. because if he starts talking about something, they'd be like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> "You're fine, Zach. We don't. It's fine." <laughs> yeah, yeah, mineral oil. Go, Zach. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. aliens. That's yeah. whatever, dude. Like. <laughs> Didn't have to get there. Yeah. Your lab partner's still breathing? Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, mineral spirits. Go, mineral oil. Yeah, yeah, go, go, go. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of, like, skills that you had at one point or another, why don't we hit up our main topic for today? Let's do it. All right. So this is actually from you, so I'm going to let you take the main point on this and start us off. I just wanted to throw out that badass segue. That's all. No, that was a great segue. Um, so we were just talking about the ways our, our experience and in, in other aspects of life actually assist us where we are right now. Um, with a little bit more thought, I could have conclusively said that mineral spirits is absolutely the thing you want to buy, and mineral oil will give you an oily model for all of eternity. Um, <laughs> you just never got the answer, that's all. <laughs> from Zach. Uh, Yeah, so... So here's the the sort of main topic for today. We'll we'll have Casey or Matt maybe craft this into a little title for the the episode and see where it goes. But this is from Cottage Crab, aka Dave, and it has to do with uh, transferable skills. So okay, um, okay. So by trade, I'm a special ed teacher. Uh, and one of the techniques we use when we're training someone with learning disabilities is something called skill repurposing. So just a fancy way of saying that we borrow techniques from one skill to grow another. And then I got to thinking, hey, this is what we do in miniature painting. So, um, you know, uh, this listener is also trained as a meat cutter, carpenter, and chef. And so uh, some of those can kind of kind of carry over into the hobby. Um, from kitchen skills, woodshop skills, all that stuff. Um, and also a hunter. 
So the technique used to, to hone accuracy with the bow or rifle, uh, stabilization techniques uh, can also be applied to holding a brush, making sure you know your arms are, are on a stable place, um, bracing, keeping things relatively close to the body. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, skill repurposing there. And yeah. if I were writing a resume, I'd call it uh, transferable skills maybe, but y yeah, I, I, yeah, I get it. <laughs> um, and the, the kind of question is, do we think that's, that's how this hobby works? And yes, yes, <laughs> yes 100%, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> it's, um, it's actually one of the things I, I think is most fascinating is to learn, yeah. you know, where people are coming from, uh, what, what skills they have developed in other aspects of their life and what that helps them do in the hobby of mini painting and mm -hmm. you know those uh, you know the example of of getting accuracy with a with a rifle or with a bow and transferring that to to bracing upright and, and painting accurately that's that's fascinating and, and it makes a lot of sense too yeah well i think there's just a lot of things that we take for granted skills that we have or that we've learned that do just transfer straight over you know, it's it's like uh, if you have ever used an air compressor, then you're probably going to know how an airbrush kind of works, like how the whole system is supposed to be put together, right? Like, oh, well, I've uh, I've used a bunch of power tools, air tools. Well, just hook up your airbrush. It's the same thing. Now you've mm -hmm. got that, that kind of innate built-in thing. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, we could come at this from all sides, but I was uh, airbrushing the other day and I was actually changing the, the PSI in my mm -hmm. airbrush, which I almost never do. Mm. Like I had, I found that 30 PSI was pretty good. And then I was just, you know, there's so many other variables and what's going on that I'm just going to, seems to work. I'm going to leave it there. And so for a couple of years, I just left my uh, airbrush dialed in at 30 PSI and I messed around a little bit with, you know, thinning the paints and how I'm how I'm spraying and you know a bunch of other things but just wasn't even going to mess with that variable but I started playing with PSI the other day and I realized that yeah my my experience with air compressors and gas regulators was was actually helping me out uh mm -hmm. just li even little things like um when you're you're messing with a gas regulator and you increase the PSI, the pressure gauge immediately responds. The pressure yeah. gauge immediately cranks up. But if you lower the pressure, there's still there's still the same amount of gas in the regulator, so you have to bleed it out until the the needle drops to where you've actually set the pressure. Yeah. And just a just a little thing, but uh, because of you know previous experience that we've had, we we know that yeah, if you lower pressure, you gotta bleed out some of the the gas that's that's in the regulator so that you can see where the needle falls to and and stays stable at. Um, little little stuff like that uh, can can add up and uh -huh. yeah, in this hobby there is so much stuff to learn, but eh, don't be afraid. You already know a lot of it already, and you probably have some unique advantages to yeah to someone else yeah um i mean if you've taken art classes in high school 
or, you know, even better in college, all of those things are applicable. Like in almost every single way. All of them. Yeah. 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 Like I, uh, I mean, it, like this, this goes a little beyond for, for me just because we're like you and I are adding this kind of YouTube element into it. But, um, I was in school for, uh, graphic communications, graphic design. Um, both my wife and I were, she actually graduated. I got to like the last class and then literally just stopped going, but (laughs) it's a whole story. (laughs) Like, three credits shy of a degree (laughs) but anyways (laughs) i digress um all of the stuff that i learned in that program and all of the art classes and the extra things that i had to do in order to get to the end of that degree are being used almost constantly that i've been using those skills constantly since i've had them to do almost everything in my life like i've been in a band for 16 years and that's a whole other set of skills that have then lent themselves to doing this stuff. We're talking microphones earlier, preamps and boards, sound boards, sound booths, like recording stuff, video editing, like all of these things that just, it's like I did one time or another in some class or another in college and have now all come together as one. And I am where I am right now. And it's kind of incredible the amount of things that you learn over the years that then are very applicable to this hobby specifically. And weirdly, like not to other hobbies, but to this hobby, it's, it's sure. uncanny sometimes how much of the things that I've done over my life that, that have just like gotten to this point And it makes so much sense. It's all <laughs> leading know? up to this. You were yes, made to much. do this, Casey. Yeah. What it feels like. Yes. Affirming. Yeah. Yeah, very affirming. <laughs> um yeah, but but you can you can think about this as as skills that you possess, uh ways that you approach a new pro- problem, uh, tools that you know how to use, materials that you're you're familiar with. Um any of these things can be a, a leg up in this hobby that you have and maybe somebody doesn't have. Yeah. Um you know, carpentry. Uh, I watch uh, our friend uh, Jeremy at Black Magic Craft, and and sometimes he'll have a video where he's making a a, a table or he's making a, a diorama or something. And probably the dioramas are the most impressive, where he says, mm-hmm. "Okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna frame up this diorama. I'm gonna make a an MDF box for this diorama <laughs> and paint it black and get out the. He's got his his table saw and he makes sure that things are uh, flush." square and plum i I don't know if those are correct but jeremy very much knows if those are correct (laughs) those are those are correct terms (laughs) those are those are real words i know that those are definitely Um, words (laughs) i do like i have correct yes (laughs) i have vague memories of of eighth grade we had a woodshop class and i definitely used a table saw then okay i've used a miter saw since then i can cut uh decent lengths of wood sort of but cutting like a a 2d sheet of wood and jeremy can make that flush plum and square no problem (laughs) and yeah they can just like build up a little box that's plum and square and and doesn't slant weird to one side and (laughs) yep 
90 degree angles and then it paints it black and it looks like an like an awesome frame to diorama and he talks wow. about a lot of like the the different types of materials glues and foams and all sorts of stuff that that he uses because it's like well i know how this works i know how these things react different kinds of epoxies that he's used thousands of times right right you know and it's so it, it makes a lot of sense like coming from a just straight construction background, there's so many different kinds of materials that you can use to make tiny versions of those things. <laughs> you know, like I could build a house. I can build a tiny house too. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah, that's sweet. <laughs> like it all applies. It's really cool. I, I wish that I had uh, done more carpentry. Like I know, I know some stuff, but that, you know, I see this stuff that he does specifically and it's like man like yeah there's a lot of materials i've never heard of sure all sorts of crazy stuff yeah i mean the the example of of adhesive you know if you're gluing a couple of pieces of styrofoam together or if you're gluing some cork down to a plastic base or or what have you um you know jeremy's got his caulking gun and he goes down (laughs) the aisle at the hardware store and he knows which cock he's gonna put in that gun and uh just loads up with the right one and gets a best value uh best mm-hmm. performance adhesive that for the for the task yeah 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 gotta know which adhesive to put in your cocking gun yeah don't don't do that casey no i'm so some of them expand <laughs> some of them don't come on i'm not even trying to make that joke uh don't make the obvious joke brent come on all right we'll we'll let it slide but um but yeah uh Maybe you had photography as a hobby at one point, or, you know, you're, you're getting really into TikTok. That's relevant. That's <laughs> yeah, relevant. Yeah. Technically. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think the example of of, of being a chef or, or enjoying cooking, uh, I think that's a really good example, too, because there, again, there are so many materials, um, but also then, you know, knife skills and, and all mm-hmm. of that, there's... Uh, anything with hand-eye coordination, all of that is is transferable in some way or another. Yeah, um, I think if uh, if you were the kind of kid that grew up building complex Lego kits, this hobby is very much like right right in the wheelhouse, right? Like doing uh, conversions, scratch building, kit bashing, all of it. Um, definitely plays off of like that old school like imagination lego all of the things building all the pieces finding all the right things to go together yeah when you when you are finally 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 done with minecraft come come on over hang out with brent and casey we got we got something to show you yeah Yeah. that's that's a good call probably uh if you're gonna sink your time into anything make it something something tangible something real yeah. I don't even know what to call that. The the skill of, of 3D visualization or... Well, these days, 3D uh, sculpting is kind of huge. Well, well that that's, goes straight a, into well, that's 3D a printing. whole other thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. So maybe not. Spend more time in Minecraft and uh, <laughs> 3D print your whole world. Like, you can probably do it. <laughs> um, Actually, that that is a a huge skill for a lot of people these days. Like knowing how to sculpt three dimensionally, you know, on a computer, 
it's such a leg up right now because 3D printers are such a huge thing. Like, I wish that I still was able to do something like that. I actually took a 3D class, uh, a Lightwave 3D class for a year in college. Did some really cool stuff. Can't remember any of it. (laughs) It's the only thing that I didn't continue to do because there was like literally no reason to do it. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, if you have, have been in even, you know, closer associated hobbies of, of Gundam or, or model ships or, or what have you, model airplanes, like that's a lot of transferable stuff there. Mm -hmm. That's almost too close. That's that's too easy, though. Too that's easy, maybe, right? <laughs> too easy, yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, again, like familiarity with kitchen supplies, familiarity with wood shops, um, mm-hmm. you know, electronics. Like if you can work a soldering iron, you can probably like do some tiny welds on like pretty right. cool little little frameworks. Uh, well, that, that leads into all of the LEDs that you can do within these models that I wish I could do. And like, I probably could if I sat down, but mm-hmm. like it looks difficult. Right. But it's like, yeah, if you've done electronics in the past, it's probably easily transferable into like, yes, I'm going to put LEDs in these models and make them look awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, of course, if, if you know how to use like an, an actual welding device, uh, you can make some really cool tools and rigs and jigs and, and maybe even terrain and stuff for yourself. Oh, that'd be that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is a little more like material oriented, but uh, depending where you work and, and what your job is, the trash at your job might be awesome. Like if you <laughs> if you make widgets that can be repainted into bunkers. Oh, like that's that's pay dirt right there. <laughs> right. Um, the the trash at some of the jobs I used to work at is amazing. My the last place I was at did like a you know a scientific poster presentation, and all of the posters were printed on foam board, and I just oh. took home like a stack <laughs> of foam all board the at the board. end of of one of those presentations. <laughs> oh, you make all the little houses and walls. <laughs> uh, I'm going to rip off all of those like weird right. uh, experimental detail sections and just have that <laughs> sweet, sweet quarter inch foam left over. And oh, yeah, <laughs> so good. So many tiny houses. Absolutely. That's something to think about, too. Like maybe it's a, a little bit beyond transferable skills, but like how is the the job that you're doing or how how is your daily whatever you're doing? Uh, how how can that be uh, incorporated into your hobby? So like you're saying, if if you're in a place where you're like, yeah, there's trash at your uh, your work, even if you're not the one that's supposed to take it out, right? If you're just there and you see it, it's like, well, that's going to be garbage. That foam core, mm-hmm. that, that's pretty expensive when you start adding that up, right? Like they all had to go out to the office depots and they paid too much for it, you know, to print out their boards or whatever. That's a complete score for you. Or oh, like yeah. uh, maybe maybe you're retired and you just take a walk every day around the block. Well, take your Tupperware. Go find different things for basic materials or something, you know. Take pictures yeah. of rusty bumpers for like, I don't know, like just inspiration. Like there's a lot of things you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that for sure. I mean, um, near me, I'm near the ocean, so I know where I can go to get uh, tiny shells and larger shells 
um, where I'm at, just the, the geology of the place. There's a particular type of rock, uh, phyllite, 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 whatever. It's, um, it's got great texture to it. There's the, the yeah. way it fragments, it's got great texture to it. And you'll, you'll see it on a lot of my bases, but you know, I know Neil real terrain hobbies. He's got a special kind of bush that grows near him that yeah. makes incredible tiny trees and he was yes. super excited when he was out for a walk and he found one of these dead bushes that he just mined for <laughs> I think know, I saw that, that worth particular of, of tiny trees. Episode, yeah. Yes. <laughs> um I can't remember there's there's a couple types of like plants and lichen that are that are like gold in this hobby and that people yeah. get really excited when they when they get a source for. What is um, it the like in Australia there's there's that certain kind of yeah it's like a certain kind of bush that breaks off in like almost like broccoli chunks mm. so there's like a long stem and then this like plume on top that mm -hmm. everybody makes trees out of um i guess sagebrush is supposed to be pretty good some parts of sagebrush i have a lot of that around here i've never really found a good use for it but maybe i'm looking at the wrong kind of stuff i don't know right um and again, yeah. if you're if you're good with nature stuff, or if you can tell one plant from another, you might have a leg up in this sort of thing. Right. Uh, it is it is crazy how many skills and how much creativity can go into this hobby, and how much of the stuff you already know can be uh, twisted into a useful way for for painting minis, basing minis, making dioramas, and oh uh, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, well, like I said, it's 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 a weird kind of thing of how much, how many different kinds of skills and and just walks of life end up being super useful for this hobby. It's mm -hmm. fascinating. Yeah. Sure. And you know, there's a lot of a uh, lot of programmers and stuff, and and maybe they're not doing a lot of art in their daily life, but there's there's like organization, and there's there's certain like thought patterns that probably help, and uh, a way yeah. of tackling new problems, and yeah, painting the whole army, getting it done, <laughs> mm -hmm, getting that system, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it is always interesting, uh, both in, in the YouTube side of things and in just, uh, your, your average hobbyist who does not have a YouTube channel, like what, right. there are a lot of skills that go into this and so many of them are transferable. Uh, so anytime, uh, you meet somebody who's hesitant to take the first step, well, just remind them that they've already got a lot of what they need. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Everybody most, finger most painted as a child. Though. Okay, go ahead and say it, Casey. Yeah, most, most important, important ingredient is to paint bravely. Wonderful delivery, thank you. I, I just, I had to. You did it. I just you did to. it. We did it. <laughs> we did it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and we're sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry. <laughs> you knew it was coming. Uh, yeah, a little bit. I. Yeah, I watched your most recent video, Casey, and I saw, like, paint bravely, like, scroll across the screen. <laughs> I did. I totally did. <laughs> I was just trying to inject it into, uh, you know, little little things that I do here and there. Mm -hmm. That way, people people get it. They know. And if they don't, then they wonder. And then they go to the comments, and then they know. Yeah. That's right. It's good that's, how we, that's how we bring new people in. Right. By not telling them anything. <laughs> 
Well, we say paint bravely a lot, and that we, that we sinks in, yeah. it burns in. That's true. That's mm-hmm. very true. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's also the the subsect of of woodworkers who make those really nice plinths. Oh the, yeah. Orthober Studios. It just goes out and finds like crazy chunks of hardwood and mm-hmm. puts it on the circular router right. wood chipper and yeah. uh you see these are skills i do not have but but some <laughs> folks do i just uh they 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 do some wood turning wood yeah. wood turning wood burning and uh yeah, you got sure. your display plinth it just comes right out of there the last if you know what you're doing well that's true because you you can actually hurt yourself <laughs> pretty bad with stuff like that but um I would suggest that uh, maybe next time that you're in like a hobby lobby or a Michaels or something, go check out some of the aisles that you're not necessarily familiar with, specifically uh, like clay and woodworking, because there are a lot of things in those aisles that like you will look at and go, you know, I could actually use that. Like there are some useful things in those aisles. Like I haven't, used it yet but i did buy like a wood burning pen don't know what it's going to be for but i know it's going to be useful someday and i'm uh-huh. going to go i i have to get that out yeah um there's also the the super important not to be missed foam cutter like hot wire foam cutter that's in some of those aisles so if you don't have one of those you should you should just get one cuz that makes terrain and all the other things just stupid, easy, and fun. Yeah, it's necessary. I need to yeah. still, I still need to try that one, but it's good stuff. Yeah, there's, uh, there's been times when I'm wandering around either, either the craft store or more commonly the hardware store, and someone asks, like, you need help finding anything? And no, 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 no. But like, what I'm walking around for is just looking for inspiration, looking for ideas. Yeah. Um, looking for for other ways to use tools that people generally don't use in this hobby or or items that people generally don't use in this hobby. uh, Yeah. That's the way to do it. Yeah. We got down to look through other people's trash is a skill. (laughs) Like, is there anything darker or deeper than that to pull from? I think that is a skill, though. Um, I mean, it is. Like, you were talking about the foam core thing. Like, that's totally applicable you know right. and and there's also been times when i'm at the beach filling up my tupperware and i do need to stare somebody in the eye you know like, <laughs> yeah i got i got a tweet yeah. the other day asking uh how i get my basing material or like what what do i do to make my basing materials and of course the simple answer is i went to a beach and i scooped a scoop of sand and that has mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff in it and that's what I put on my bases. <laughs> okay. So actually in in real life, I know a couple like geology majors. Sure. And I bet those people are real good at finding uh, sand with different, or, or, or rocks, pebbles, sure, stones yeah, yeah. with different uh, fragmentation patterns, different crystal lattice structures. So they have different uh, different shapes and they dry brush up differently. Oh, that's, um, that's a good thought, actually. Yeah, are there deep. any geologists like out there? I know one. I know a geologist. You you better find your geologist friend and go uh go out hiking and, and find some good stuff. That okay. Well, that you dude think about is it. an insane hiker. 
he's the kind of hiker that uh, he goes out on jobs. Like he went out on a job, fell off of like a small, like two foot little like ridge, broke his leg in like uh, four or five different places, <laughs> and then was stranded overnight and had to be like lifted out. They had emergency rescue. They almost didn't find him. The whole thing. But well, I could ask him. I hope he's okay. Oh, he's fine now. He he made it out. Like it was amazing. But uh, yeah, I could probably I could probably shoot him. Uh, see a what he's up to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey man, like a uh, long time. Uh, <laughs> you know how many rocks that if I painted in this specific fashion would look cool? <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm, I've gotten really interested in rocks. Painting right. rocks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in another life, uh, I almost almost was a geologist. Almost went down that path. And perhaps you may yet again someday. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> like I was the kid with the rock collection. You know, I still have I still have a, a board of rocks. I wonder if I could find that somewhere like at my parents' house. Oh yeah, the, probably the cardboard do a box with rocks glued inside. hundred uh, percent, yes. Yeah. Uh, like I could probably do a dry brush test on those rocks and, and figure out like what's what's common to the region <laughs> and go find stuff <laughs> like there's this really cool place that uh, I don't live that far away from called Crystal Peak. And you, you go up there like in the summer um, and you dig for actual crystals like they're fully formed crystals and you can find really big ones, a lot of small ones, but like mm-hmm. perfect for uh alien bases any kind of oh, tra- yeah. i mean you'd like crystals like chunks oh yeah get some get some amethyst or something in there maybe yeah, some, yeah, yeah. some big garnets yeah 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 so you know geology it rocks <laughs> nope <laughs> no, no, no i had to I'm sorry. I Look, well, well, you were making terrible jokes. I'm, 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 my mind is racing. I'm trying to think, like, what can a bird watcher contribute? I mean, they can probably paint a mean bird. Probably get I mean, some, okay, some sure. sweet... Color combinations. Yeah, color combinations from the uh, North American wood thrush. Probably right. perfect. Right. Yeah. Brown and brown, and that that's what all your browns are for right there. Actually, yeah. it occurs to me one of the 40K Badcast guys actually is a bird watcher like a bird a bird lover um i I think they just paint all of their space marines black and and highlight them up but uh probably (laughs) seems fine (laughs) probably if they cared about interesting paint schemes they could uh that's the other thing yeah you'd have to care about color combos right well there's a, a lot of times um moths moth wings those kind of things butterfly wings come up pretty often yeah. Um, so like that, that's something that weirdly in this hobby comes up quite often. Bugs, lizards, lizard skin. We paint dragons. We paint all sorts of stuff. Like if you're painting a seraphim army, like you are looking at freaking lizards. You are looking at as many different kinds of lizards as you possibly can. Oh, yes, you are. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's or, or a, thing. a dragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything with um, scales. <laughs> Well, now I'm thinking back to a memory of, you know, I used to work at a tropical fish store. Right. And uh, this overlapped somewhat with me being interested in, in Warhammer as a young man. And something that happens is just sometimes you get a fish that jumps out and you'll find it a month later behind the tank. Just a, a fish chip, <laughs> we call them. 
and sometimes they're pretty well preserved like they they mummify themselves in like a perfect way and uh i remember i actually took one of them it was uh I can't remember what it's called. Rope fish? I don't know if that's that's the t- term. Why? Because it kind of looks like an himself? eel. It's a bit long, thin fish, and it just looked like a, a tiny snake. And I think I actually varnished it. Really? <laughs> but um, but anyway, the the insect people you could actually get oh, like man. like an insect person would be able to find like the right variety of cricket to to varnish up to, to base right. some tyranids with or something. I don't know. Hey, there you go. Yeah. Maybe this is. We might be getting into like really sick territory here. Yeah, yeah, of, uh, we are bordering on taxidermy, and I don't want to go down that road. <laughs> oh, the taxidermy people—they've got contributions. To make. Well, because yeah. that's straight up modeling. If you if you really get down to it, like it is. It's actually, you're, a you're good putting point. skin over a bottle. Like there are so many things in that hobby, if you want to call it that, that yeah. uh, transfer. Mm-hmm. They've got a box of uh, googly eyes somewhere in the back that can 100%. start making those those pox walkers like Guy did for sure. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, I I mean, okay. To be fair, we did stretch that a little bit more than I thought we were going to be able to. No problem. That's what yeah. we do here. That is that is true. Got to go through our list of hobbies. What? Uh, what can four wheeling teach us about painting miniatures? Uh, you okay. Slow down uh, to see them rocks. Well, know. yeah. So, so geology right off the bat, right? Okay. Uh, tire pressure right there. You got your your airbrushing. Okay, um, you actually you came loaded. You're you're ready for this. I got Very you, good. man. Like, yeah, gas mixture because if you're if you're running a two stroke engine, you gotta do oil to gas ratio. You gotta know ratios. Okay, mathematics, son. Basic mathematics, okay. It's very basic, yes. It's it's usually written on the side of a thing. You just pour it, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I can't think. Good lighting, maybe. <laughs> like if you ride at night, <laughs> lumens. <laughs> That's actually fair, though. Like lighting, lighting is a whole different thing. And uh, from where I'm sitting right now, I have a. Uh, a structural aluminum framework over right, me there you with, go. with lots of lights. So if that you, you are even really knew into, how uh, to build that or what to get. Yeah. yeah. There you go. But yep, yep, yep. So if, if you have any skills of, of building anything, really, you can in, increase the, the engineering stats of your, of your workstation, crank that uh, hobby desk level up a couple of notches, at least one. Well, would it be like an adjacent stat to your hobby level? It'd be engineering stats of like, Mm -hmm. because like I, I can do bases. I don't do terrain very well. So my engineering stats aren't super high. You know what I'm saying? On my, my list, but my hobby desk level is pretty high. We're going to develop a whole, uh, like RPG stat system for for hobbyists. Uh, Yes. Get your 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 starting uh, equipment and, and your uh, dexterity, stability. Uh-huh. Well, intellect. yeah, because there's that that shape, right? Like if you Creativity. if you haven't done it, yeah, you yeah. got your starting skills. Oh man, this is gonna be stupid. There's no way to monetize this, but we could absolutely it make does, a character sheet. We, for, yes, we have to make the character sheet. Make with the a levels. character sheet, and then it just turns into this stupid meme for like a couple of days on Twitter of people filling uh-huh. out their hobbyist character sheet. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That would get so old so fast, but uh-huh. you know what you yeah. have to do. Someone asked You have to do, to do this I'm before this podcast episode goes up. Oh, my God. I don't think I could. <laughs> okay. Um, if do you know how to, to, volunteer, uh, to, to format how PDFs? To... I do not. Okay. Yes, I do, because I did take it's graphic all been design leading courses, up to this. and there are, yes, formatting for Fulfill PDFs. Fulfill your destiny, Casey. <sighs> That's like your, your basic production designer kind of job there. I just... <laughs> Uh, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> we gotta. We'll, we'll have to have an argument about what the the core stats for a mini painter are. But uh, I mean, I'm I'm not necessarily ready, but I'm willing to have that that talk. Yeah, and maybe that well, should be our next episode. But creativity, stamina, precision. Yeah, yeah, because mm. eyeballs, right? Like if you can't paint a good eye, you gotta you gotta practice that precision. The pupils yeah, we, are way we, over. You can get off. it up to the standard uh, four to six stats pretty easily, I think. I think I think scientifically we need to go about this of looking at the actual like character sheet and working backwards. Okay. Figuring out what to to change to fill in those blanks. For the record, uh, we did not do that. Uh, just in case no, any no, uh, Wizards did, of the Coast people are are tuning in here, we did not do that. Uh, we did not reverse engineer your product for uh, our own. No, but every other RPG did, so take that. Yeah, we're original, though. <laughs> and on that note, thank you again for joining us in another episode of Paint Bravely. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help us out by leaving us a review on iTunes, subscribing to the YouTube channel, and sharing this message with your hobby friends. And as always, we appreciate each and every one of you for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Stay footloose, people. <laughs>